Welcome to the Wedding Sassels, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies that you can implement today. We interrupt our regularly scheduled monthly program to give you the download on all the things we took away from the Wedding MBA. The classes, the trade show, and of course, the fun. We are your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode 5 of The Wedding Sassels. Oh, we are back, and I'm very excited about this episode. Yes, Vegas was fun. Um, Vegas was fun. Hurricanes in Florida, also fun, but that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> weather sometimes weather catches us when we're on the road. Oh, my goodness. Um, for those of you who don't know, Vanessa and I are based in Florida, and while we were at Wedding MBA this year, a hurricane came towards Florida, so it caused a lot of rerouting, rechanging, yeah. all of the things. Fl- you know, flights and hurricanes don't go well together, but that's okay. We figured it out, but we figured it all out. We figured it all out and we're back and um, really wanted to take a few minutes before we jump into our next month's episodes and really just share some of our experiences and the takeaway. Vanessa, it was your first time at Wedding MBA. So what did you think? Tell me. It was my first time. Give me some feedback. There was a lot of learning. Um, I have ADHD really bad. So going to classes back to back, I have to bring snacks and plenty of water and caffeine for me to pay attention. Um, But it is a full day. So it's well worth the trip of going out there uh, if you are traveling for it and doing all the education. And the cool part is you get to take like tracks. So you can do a photography track, a wedding planning track. I did the cakes and catering track. Like there's different tracks, but because they have classes going on at the same time, like the same session times, if something doesn't speak to you or what you're going for, you can jump and go to a different class. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that the, I think they really have Wedding MBA figured out in terms of the schedule where the first day is half day with the tracks and then they finish with the tracks because the track tends to work, keep us a little more focused (laughs) than all the business stuff in between. But I agree with you, the ability to either stay hyper-focused on the topic that your company is or to be able to roam around and say, like I sat through a few venue sessions, I went to an efficient session this time because sometimes the topic and information is, more specific than what I needed to learn for my category. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and the ones that are like generalized, like the SEO or the taxes, um, things like that, I think are great for everyone. So I really appreciate them throwing those in on top of the very specified niche ones. Yeah. So as somebody who went for the first time, do you think that this would be something that you would go back to? Yes. I already got my ticket for next year. (laughs) Yeah. I got got it before we left and I marked my calendar. (laughs) I think that's probably one of the things that I hear a lot. Um, I have been to Wedding MBA. This is my 12th Wedding MBA. I have been, I have gone almost every year, even when it was COVID, I was doing Wedding MBA online because it was the only year it was digital. And I think one of the things I hear people say a lot is, oh, but some of the topics are the same or Do you really get something out of it every year? And what I like to share is that I could hear the exact same presentation three years in a row. And this year, maybe I wasn't ready to hear it or take action on the things that I learned. Whereas next year, if I hear it, I take something completely different out of it. And so while the majority of the sessions change every year, um, there's new things. But for a lot of people, it's their first time attending. So when you come back, you can kind of figure out which speakers do you connect with if they're back the next year. Um, so secret tip, I always tell everybody to save 
save your program from the wedding MBA because you can look back and see which sessions and which speakers you really liked the year before. I like that idea. I made sure that I, in the program, I highlighted and circled the ones that I liked and then crossed off X'd out if, you know, if I wasn't interested in it, not that I didn't like it, but if I wasn't interested just so I could keep track of things. Um, and then I also put it in my calendar so that I could just open my phone and it would tell me where to go and what I was learning that day. So I like that part. Yeah. And I mean, not every session is going to hit every single time. I sat through a few sessions that there were people around me who were enthralled and amazed. And I'm like, I did that shit 15 years ago, (laughs) but it isn't like, it's not new information to me or like when it comes to something like SEO, I'm pretty advanced. So one of the speakers hit home and I was like jotting down notes and like, yeah, those are cool tools. And the people sitting around me look like they wanted to cry because the information was way over their head. So it, I think, it's a good mix of all the levels yeah as a beginner and you're hearing all these different websites or different search engine like all those things it's like so overwhelming but for the people that are have already started down the seo path it's like oh yeah, yeah i know what that is oh i didn't know you had that um that feature on that one website or whatever like I was in that same class and <laughs> I was like taking pictures of the slides. Like, I don't, I don't have never heard that website. I'm just going to take a picture of it and look it up well, later. Maybe I'll go back to it sometime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe I'm going to hire someone it. to do this for a while. <laughs> yeah. But there are some, definitely some different levels, I think, on the education side from very beginner to a little more advanced. And then my other very favorite part of Wedding MBA is the trade show. Have you ever been to a trade show like that at a conference? Not like that. I've been to the trade shows where it was just a table with like pamphlets, which is pretty boring, um, or just a couple of examples. But even companies that we use frequently over in our market, like example, Connie Duglin, um, Linen, Mm -hmm. I saw their trade show booth, which I've never seen them do a booth like that. And it was so cool to see like their display and how they actually present things because I'm used to them being local and just having a book of Linen's but they actually had like mini tables, which is so cool. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> but yeah, yeah seeing, the seeing them go out and blowing amazing. it out. Yeah, they uh, definitely every vendor that was there for the exhibits, they blew it out and it was pretty cool. They just, it's really cool to see like the interactive and how they do it. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I think that's probably two things I take away from the train show is first, I kind of walk the floor and don't talk to anybody and just check out the booths and see (laughs) if there's any cool booth ideas of things that I could maybe put into my wedding show booth um, when we do wedding shows, which we'll be talking about this month. But the other thing was sometimes I forget how many cool companies and resources there are from not only different associations, like there's officiant associations and you know, DJ associations and things like that. But there's also some really cool tech coming in terms of tech and tools that venues and planners and things could be utilizing within the business. So that was my other favorite part, that there were there were some really progressive companies that I think had built tools and realized that it would work for weddings. So I'm excited to have more conversations with them. Well, and there was a couple of different ones that they had you know, wedding vendor specific programs for mm-hmm. client relations and things that I had never heard of before. I mean, not that, yeah. you know, not that they're not popular. I just never heard of them. And, you know, seeing the features that they offer and showing you how easy it was to use it was very helpful. So you can do things outside the big mainstream um, companies that we all know and love, but something that's more specified to your specific niche in your genre of yeah. vendor. So I thought that was really cool. 
And I think of all the years I've attended, this is the first time truly I can say I felt like I had enough time for the trade show. There might be companies that maybe whipped through the trade show and didn't really take the time to stop and talk to everybody. So they felt like there was too much time. But I really like to start having those conversations and learn about some of those programs and things that are out there. And I feel like I had enough time without having to massively skip a lot of sessions this year. Yeah, they definitely left enough time for you to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you to have lunch, yes, lunch and lunch. then also go to the exhibit floor and not feel like you're just rushing from class to class. It was a nice break in between the middle of the day to do that. I really enjoyed that. Side note, almost every booth had some kind of giveaway and bonus points for Shannon. I won a bunch of shit. <laughs> I won a, a four day, three night trip to St. Lucia and what? I won a gift certificate to the Four Seasons. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I had a day. I had a day. So yeah. it was, it was, it was good. It was a good day. Um, but okay. So I did not have that, that <laughs> I know. Sorry. sorry. Well, you know what happens is I think so many people walk through or don't really want to stop and talk. And I'm like, no, they I'll don't. enter everything. I'll win all the thing. I will stop and talk to everyone and get entered to win. I'm down to win some stuff. Tell me, tell so, me your biggest takeaways or like your favorite things from the classes, oh. not just the exhibit floor. Okay, had a few good whompers um, of things that I learned. And so we'll try, we're going to try to keep this episode as short as possible. But um, one of them was actually, as the presenter was presenting, this was a conversation with someone sitting next to me. I know, bad girl talking in class my whole life. It was on my (laughs) report card. But um, one of the things that they had mentioned was that when couples are writing you Google reviews, which you should be pushing Google reviews and people to review you there, that when you reply back to those reviews, be heavy on your keywords. So for example, if I'm a venue and a couple writes me a review and says, oh, we love getting married there. It was such a great experience. So pretty great customer service. When I reply back to that review, use the keywords that I want to be searched and found for. So um, dear Mike and Susie, we loved helping you with your all-inclusive wedding in Orlando, Florida. You know, Um, our wedding barn is the perfect location for blah, blah, blah. And then be specific, then, you know, be more specific to the experience with them. Mm -hmm. But to make sure you take that list of keywords you want to search for and utilize them within your verse, you can't control obviously what they write in there, but it's just starts to tell Google that these are the types of words you want to be associated with your company. Plug them them in there, but don't make it obvious. All right. What was one of your takeaways? One of my takeaways is I did a lot of things that were on like social media, just because I've been more on the social media market lately. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the things is they gave us like a schedule of what works best to not necessarily go viral, but to have your stuff pushed more by the different platforms. So they said for Instagram, if you do one reel a day and the reels don't have to be science, like I started doing just slow takeaway, slow takeaways, slow pullaways from cakes, and that's it. And it has worked tremendously. It creates a video, it creates content, but it's nothing crazy um, complicated. So, uh, Instagram, one reel a day, TikTok, one video per day. And then they said to start tapping more into YouTube because YouTube started offering shorts. And so, to do one short per week, and then do a regular YouTube long form video, but do that as an educational based video. So I thought that was really interesting that they are now telling you, yes, do the social media platforms, you know, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and things like that. 
but also go back to YouTube because it's getting more popular again, especially since they started offering the shorts. So I thought that was super interesting. Um, and when you do, when you do these different things, they said, just be natural. Don't make it complicated. It doesn't have to be picture perfect. If anything, couples and even other vendors appreciate that it's not always picture perfect, that it's just you and your everyday life of working and showing the behind the scenes stuff. So I thought that was really cool. I love that. I know my next takeaway was definitely something that we both got in different ways. So one of the conversations in a few of the sessions was really about your wording and how you call things and where you what you call things and making sure that it's a lot more positive and heavily focused on the couples. And so my tip is one of the sessions she mentioned, she never says we're booked or we're not available. They always use the terminology fully committed because it sounds, it's the same thing. It's saying, oh, that date is fully committed. It sounds so like, oh, we're committed to these other people's mm-hmm. weddings and it's success. Not being like, we're not available or we're booked. We're Just booked that it week. gives it a, Right. It gives it a lighter term and really shows your level of the customer service you want to be providing. So that one was my, I'm going to use that from now on. I'm never going to say booked or not available. I'm going to say, oh, my calendar is fully committed. I actually have an auto response. It's, it's not, it doesn't automate send, but it's already a, um, what do you call it? A template in our CRM. Mm -hmm. If we are not available for the day, I already have an email, you know, punched up for that. And I went in after that session and actually changed the verbiage to say, I'm so sorry. We are fully committed for that weekend. We're sad. We're going to miss out on your day, you know, whatever. whatever. Right. So I actually I did. It. I actually already went in and changed it. Nice. See, <laughs> these are actionable things, guys. Actionable Change it right things. now. Yes. Um, All right. What, did, what were some of the verbiage things you took away? I really liked the verbiage. So it's funny you say that instead of on your inquiry form, instead of contact us, make it about them. So a lot of the, a lot of the different people who spoke on verbiage always said, make it about the client. Don't make it about you. Make sure the client feels like you're speaking to them, not about them kind of thing. So instead of contact us, put check my date. I really like that. And then make sure yeah, so you know, that like even on your website, when it, they were talking about even in the menu, right? Yeah. That when somebody, instead of clicking contact, or contact us instead have the focus be that it's a lot less of a commitment to say, I just want to check my date mm-hmm. to see if it's even available. Yeah, well, even in the verbiage one. Of one of the- any of the descriptions, make sure that you're speaking to them and not saying our clients say your day could be this kind of thing. So I really mm-hmm. like that. Um, instead of deposits in your verbiage, use retainers. Deposits are things that are refundable and a lot of us do not. And also a retainer sounds more like you are reserving that. You're not just placing a deposit and then maybe changing your mind later. So I really like that idea too. Yeah, I think that was good too. And then one of the tips of the verbiage in... I think we were in the same sessions on some of these, but one of them was, you know, go to any page on your website and do like a quick, like control F or command F and whatever browser you're in will usually bring up a find and see how many times you use the word you and your versus the word we or I. Cause if we're saying we do this and we do that and I do this and I can help you with that it really should be focused on the you and the your. And that was such a visual way for me to go onto the page and search. And I went through and started searching. I was like, damn, we definitely say we. We're yeah. good about uh-huh. we, we. For uh-huh. sure. Um, all right. So one of my other good ones was when people are struggling to find their ideal client. 
Mm-hmm. The whole session wasn't about that. It was just kind of a little takeaway in one of the sessions. And they had suggested making a list of your 30 favorite customers, which sounds like a lot, but you know what I mean. And just make a quick list of the names and then start looking at that list and trying to see what they have in common. Was it the venue? Was it the time of year? Was it what they do for a living? Was it their personality types? What are the commonalities in between the favorite clients you already had, which might help you better define who your ideal client actually is? And even though my business is mostly B2B and, you know, wedding venue maps is mostly um on the sales side, it's B2B. I still think it's figuring out who I can do that. When she said that, I could immediately write down who are the clients who, you know, love what we do, renew with us every year. They support us. They're all about what we do and what are the commonalities. And so I really love that takeaway. Yeah, no, I love that a lot. Um, One of the things that I really liked was there was a presentation on booking clients and how to not get ghosted and how to turn your leads into bookings quicker. And 78% of customers buy from the company that responds first. So if you can get with them within the before the 47 hour mark. So the average small business responds within 47 hours. If you can respond to the lead before the 47 hour mark, it gives you such a leg up and they are more likely to book and sign contracts before even meeting with you, surprisingly. And then the leads that are coming from your referrals, those should also be one of the first ones that you respond to because those will go back to your referrals and tell them what their experience was, especially if it's like a planner or a venue and they are the ones who directly refer to you they will go back and tell them what kind of experience they had with you. And that's either going to make or break your relationship and get you more leads. So I thought that was interesting. So 78%, that's 78%. Isn't that crazy? I know it is. And I mean, we all know, we know, we know, we know, we know, we know that we're supposed to freaking respond back as quickly as we possibly can. And then life gets in the way. But sometimes when you hear a stat like that, it's like, oh shit, like no joke. I've got to I mean, prioritize the leads. Think about how many leads you get. And then if you could instantly book 78% of them and not have to chase them right. around and not have to send out your 10 email drip campaign. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, oh that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's and I think it's margin. figuring out too, you know, depending upon what your system is right now, maybe there's a faster initial touch. If you like build proposals or build custom things, maybe you can get a faster touch to them. That really is that first response. That's like, hey, there, got it, saw it. Let's book the time or whatever. But yeah, no, I think that that one's an oh shit one, 78%. That was, yeah, when I heard those numbers and then she had like a whole graph system of other stats. I was just, what? (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Um, Okay. My next one is venue specific. So Mm -hmm. if you're a venue and you're listening, this was, I sat through a lot of the venue specific tracks. And so there were two on the venue specific track I want to share. One of them was on, it's a venue out in Detroit. She's killing it. I mean, literally killing it. She's book solid. She's one of the most expensive in her market. And one of the things she added onto her website, she brought in a videographer and had them record her doing an actual tour, like walking through. And she was looking at the camera and talking to the camera like it was the couple in front of her. It wasn't, you know like she was talking to a camera. She literally was doing everything other than saying their names. She kept saying you and your wedding and all of that. And the verbiage she puts on the website are on-demand tours. So rather than saying virtual, 
on demand is like, oh, I can have it right now. It just, it's a whole, again, it's the game of verbiage and what you call things. But she said when they changed the verbiage from virtual tours to on-demand tours, the amount of views tripled in the first 30 days. Oh, wow. So I thought that was like huge. Yeah. It's huge, right? Because yeah. I want it right now. But it also, it, right it also goes back to the verbiage thing of changing it to you and your when she's mm-hmm. doing the tour. So it's it's crazy how you can do like the wordplay. I like that. But the on-demand, yeah. oh my goodness. That's crazy. It's all the psychology of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, rather than we have this and we have that and it's for your day, you can have this and you can have that. Um, and then the other venue specific one I thought was really smart was um, Ian Ramirez with Madeira States in Texas. He's beautiful Spanish inspired venue in Texas. Um, he talked about he loves the theme everything. So even though they do tours on Saturdays and they do tours every Saturday, one Saturday a month, they do something called Sangria Saturdays. And people can, it's the tour isn't all that different than their regular tour, other than the fact it's they do Sangria. Or as a venue, when they do their venue open house events, they do like three a year. Um, he always have, has a theme for it. So once he did a white party and the couples all wore white or, you know, things like that, that really really getting behind making things into an experience, Mm -hmm. even if it's just coming for tours, how can you make what you're doing that tasting as a cake company or, you know, any step of the process, how do you make it a much bigger experience themed or fun or experiential um, in any type of business? I like that idea. I think that's pretty cool. I think so too. Because it's like, how do you get them involved in it? How do you get them to like be doing things so they feel like they're at it and doing it with you? I don't know. It was a cool concept. That is a cool concept. Speaking of involved, my oh. one of my uh, highlights from the week was the, I'm trying to remember what the name of the exact class was, but it was about hiring and keeping staff and having a good culture. And oh, the, so more, the more involved and the better your culture is within your company, the happier your employees are. And again, back to stats, because I'm a numbers girl. Um, 96% of your employees of any workforce are more likely to show up to work every day on time if the company they work for has a good has a good culture and they have three friends that also work with them. So if you have a good culture, obviously you're going to build friendships within that office space or whatever, whatever. Not yeah. everybody has an office space, but you know what I mean. If they have three friends that work there and it's a good culture, 96% of them will always show up on time and show up to work every single day. So you have loyal employees, you have people that are happy to be there, and they're also probably going to tell their other friends that don't work there, hey, this is a really great place to work. So getting them involved, yeah, and I think that's, being appreciative of I think them. It's hard. I My work world is very virtual. And so I think I don't do a great job of that. And that's some interesting stats in terms of making sure that I focus with people working in different places or I mean, if you're a catering company and the on-call staff only shows up on event day, like how are you building that kind of culture when people just kind of show up that day? It's definitely something as small businesses, because we're all trying to find good talent who stays, something we all need to be more focused on. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So those are my big takeaways from the week. Um, I did have to leave a day early, unfortunately, but I do have the notes because I have friends that stayed. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, but- we did. <laughs> I had to leave because right, I had I- an event, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next year I, I, I booked more. nothing. So it's great. <laughs> yes. She b- cleared the weekend. I cleared, cleared the, the week weekend. for next year. 
I have one more takeaway that I think is just something that for anybody who, when you hear SEO and search engine optimization becomes so overwhelming and all these things you're supposed to do for Google was the easiest thing that I think we forget to do. And one of the pieces that Google pays attention to is um, your internal linking. So what that means is within your own website, you've got five pages, 10 pages, maybe 30 pages if you're blogging consistently. How can you do a better job of linking within your pages to each other? So for example, if you, let's use Vanessa's, um, let's use Vanessa's website, Sweet Miss Fees. So if she had a page on that website that is FAQs, frequently asked questions that people could ask and go through and she goes in and answers each one. And if one of them is about, you know, what does a tasting look like? Or what would my tasting experience be like? And she starts explaining and talking about it, making sure that in that paragraph, she's she's linking to her tasting page to talk a little bit more about, don't just answer it, but where within your site can you link to other pages within your own website? It just creates this like little web of interweaved pages, but it tells Google that, man, this is all, you can navigate through all of these things using buttons and text and things like that. So if you haven't looked at your own website, forget about all the backlinks back and all the things to do for Google, just thinking, and I know this is, this was my big homework takeaway is to sit down and really focus on our internal website linking strategy. And I know that was like an advanced one, but if you, <laughs> if, if, if you take nothing away from all of our tips today, at least um, it'll be that one. But um, but overall, I think Wedding MBA is always a great investment in terms of attending, taking the time to go. It's always hard because it can be a busy time of year for every single wedding pro, but it's never going to be, it's never a good time to take time away for education. So you just have to block it, make the commitment. Um, I was really excited to get to speak again this year, had a great topic, got a chance to record it and video it myself. So if anybody's listening to this podcast and wants to get their hands on it, you can email me and I'll send you the video link of my presentation. Um, our email is down in the show notes. But overall, I love Wedding MBA. I hope I'll be invited back to speak next year. And um, I'm excited to see what kind of education I can get from it next year. Heck yeah. Let's do it. Let's go next year. It's going to be good. So if you're going, make sure you email us and tell us because we'll keep an eye out for you. We didn't partake in a lot of the extracurricular things when it came to Wedding MBA. Yeah. There were a few small events, um, ticketed events. There was a pretty big party on Monday night, but you know, I'm getting a little up there in years and the late night fun isn't all that it's, it's But it's not just that. The time night. change kills us. Yeah. It really it does. Is. It's difficult. It's difficult because my brain is waking up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning. And so, um, I, but I think we did a really good job of reaching out to some people in advance and doing some smaller quality networking and having some good dinners and talking to other people and sharing the takeaways. So yeah. that's probably one of my favorite parts. Yeah, we didn't go to the big parties, but we did meet up with people and still go out to dinner with them and still meet up. So that, that was more important to me than doing the big parties. No offense to anyone. Um, and the time change does kill me because that's what, three hours, right? Yeah. Three so yeah, hours I'm usually in bed by 10 o'clock. So <laughs> at seven yeah. o'clock in Las Vegas, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I was going from like four, I was passing out at like nine o'clock, yeah. like face planning. Like, oh. It was, it was a lot. It's a struggle. 
<laughs> it was, it was a struggle and you're only there a few days, so it's hard to fully shift yourself yeah. to West Coast time. Yeah. By the time you, you get on that schedule, you're already leaving. So <laughs> yeah, well, we learned some great shit and hopefully you got some takeaways, but as you know, we like to end every single episode, giving you some swag shit. We all get three action items to add to your to-do list this week. Swag, yes, so. swag action item number one. Swag action item number one is to put the dates for wedding MBA 2023 on your calendar. If you you have an entire year and you know what? Maybe you already have weddings booked that weekend. I get it. But if you don't at this point, now is the time to block it. Yes, it is November so 6th next to the year. Yep. Yes, November 6th through 8th. So it will start that Monday afternoon. It goes until full day, end of day Wednesday, which gives you Thursday to fly home and wedding. So get that saved on your calendar. Vanessa, what's number two? Get your tickets now because you can always transfer or postpone. And right now is the cheapest time of the year to get them. They do start to go up throughout the year. We do have a discount code for you. Hey, more swag. We do. (laughs) So if you put Shannon T, T as in Tom, in there, it will be the least amount that tickets could possibly be. So whether you buy them today, you hear this podcast four months from now, whenever you get your tickets, just drop Shannon T into the discount code section and it will always take whatever the price you see on there. It will discount it a little bit Mm -hmm. more. This is the best time to buy them. And then the last one we have for you is go listen and follow the Wedding MBA podcast. They have a podcast just for Wedding MBA. So we suggest- They do. We suggest going listening to it. Go ahead and subscribe to it and keep up with all of the events. Yeah, Cliff does an amazing job. He what he more or less does in the gist of their podcast is he interviews the speakers, but he really makes us almost pre-dive into the topics and share- some of what's going to be there and above and beyond what was some of the things that are going to be in our presentation. So if you're somebody who can't take the time and you can't invest to come, go and check out the podcast because you're obviously a podcast listener checking us out. So um, go and check them and follow it out and go listen to my episode. I've been on twice now. Oh. <laughs> oh, if you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or it made you laugh. Follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend. You can also follow us over on Instagram at The Wedding Sassholes. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We are talking this month all things wedding shows and intimate venue showcases. And interviewing the biggest show producer in the country. Oh, I can't wait. wait. (laughs) All right, guys. Now go make some epic shit happen. Yeah. Have a good week, y'all.